Listen up, all you New York fans. Veteran New York sports talk host John Dostromsky gives his unique take on all the big stories in the Big Apple and beyond, including guest conversations, gambling picks, and reactions from you, the listener. Check out New York, New York with John Dostromsky on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's The Mismatch, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Spring is here and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily, yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Friday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Conflict, a.k.a. Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Blizzarian, Kevin O'Killian, Kevo! Give me, give me like a, a O-blank Suns thing, Chris. It's deserving tonight with the right now Suns, formerly uh, right. known as the bright future Suns, <laughs> beating the Lakers and going to the second round of the NBA playoffs. Unbelievable. We are recording this on late Thursday night. We have just watched <laughs> the beatdown. Wow. As LeBron James and the Lakers are going fishing, as they say. Uh, and the Phoenix Suns are moving on. Now, there's a ton to get to regarding this, but it was a knockout punch that was delivered in the first quarter oh, yeah. that could never be recovered from. Uh, Devin Booker was absolutely positively out of his mind. He comes out in the first quarter of that game. For those that didn't see it, he has six threes uh, in that first quarter. Unreal. He has 22 points in that first quarter. He ends up eight for nine, six of six from three. And the Suns, have a massive lead right off the bat. Lakers are playing catch up. The rest of the game got it to maybe like 11 or 12 at one point, um, you know, in the in late third, fourth quarter. Uh, but it was just too much. And then Booker at the end of the game ends up with 47 points, 11 rebounds. He is the first Suns player to have 40 and 10 in a playoff game since Amari Stoudemire in 2010. Long time ago. Long time ago. And he was just otherworldly. And the Lakers had, you know, it's, it's kind of shocking, honestly, Kev. I don't know how you felt about this game, but you have one team that came out 
and was shooting the cover off the ball. Crowder's knocking down threes. Obviously, Booker's not missing at all. On the other side, like LeBron was very passive in that first half and especially that first quarter. He wasn't going to the basket. Like you saw when it was like time to win. It was like, all right, now let me get you out on an island and I'm going to drive to the basket. I'm going to be in control of this game. I'm going to be setting guys up. And I mean, it was too late then. It was too late, right? I mean, I really thought he might. Too late because Devin Booker stomped in their throat. After years of slander, after years of claims, he's a good stats, bad team player. Devin Booker on the Suns, he sucks. I did not, don't, don't put that on me. Don't put that on I me. Never don't said, put that I evil on me, you. Ricky Bobby. <laughs> ne- ne- never said you, Chris. Could never said you. 47 points on 22 shots. 15 of 22 from the field. Devin Booker. I mean, I thought like we talked about this earlier in the series. What could Devin Booker be if he's hitting threes off the dribble? Well, we just saw in game six what Devin Booker could be if he's hitting threes off the dribble, and it was pretty sensational. So for this Suns team, a big congratulations to them and their fans who have suffered a lot this past decade. Uh, this is a, this is a special group. It's a special group, man. Like I, I think this Sun squad against Denver. We'll see. We'll talk more about next round shortly. But um, I'm pumped for them, and uh, I can't wait to see what happens. And with this Lakers team tonight, yeah, you're right, Chris. It was kind of odd. Um, LeBron did end up with 26 shots. It's you know not like he didn't possess the ball a lot throughout the course of the game. And I think it was nine you know, in uh, the first half, though, Kev. I think yeah, it was nine. Of course. Yeah. And, you know, and maybe I wonder if part of that was him pacing himself for the end anyway, like regardless of score. Yeah. I wonder if that was part of the strategy you hear about. You know, I know there's some story or a quote, Michael Jordan talking about pacing himself for three quarters and then stomping on the throat in the fourth quarter, you know, feeling it out. I wonder if LeBron was doing that knowing there would come a moment where he'd have to do it every single possession, every single play. It just so happened they were down by 100 points. But um, this Lakers squad, man. You know, Anthony Davis comes out for five minutes, clearly right off the bat was not moving well, did not look like himself, pulled out of the game quickly after five minutes. Unfortunate that the Lakers dealt with injuries. You you hope for them. You hope for LeBron. You hope for AD that it's a blessing in disguise to get an extended offseason because this coming year for the NBA might start in mid-October like usual. So it could be another shortened offseason for the teams that get to the finals and to the conference finals. So hopefully for the Lakers, it's a blessing in disguise. But I feel like throughout this postseason, like all year long, all year long, we talked about how, well, the Lakers are going to still get to the fit the, the, to the playoffs and blow everybody away. The Suns and the Jazz are legit, and they have a real shot here to win the whole thing or at least get to the NBA finals. And uh, I look forward to seeing what happens from here moving forward, get some new blood, making postseason runs. It's going to be a good time. Well, a lot of new blood, Kev, because if you just look back and it's, it, you know, it's going to take time for us to. This is about Anthony Davis going out. I mean, let's make no mistake about that, right? I, I, I want to take no credit away from the Suns, but I mean, if you just look at the numbers when he played in this series versus when he didn't play in this series, it's a, it's a radical difference. They outscored the Suns with before the AD injury, they outscored the Suns 358 to 350. And then after the injury, they got outscored by 50 points. They got outscored the rest of the way, 274 to 227. Um, it was we close know before how though. great you, Anthony. What did, you, what did you just say? 358 yeah, yeah, to 350? Three, three, 358 to 350. 
No, no, no. It That's wasn't like it wasn't like they yeah. mashed yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, but for sure, it but losing by series. fifty. Like, like, but they lost by fifty without him. That's the problem. Oh, yeah. I mean, right? no doubt. Like, yeah. the, the wheels came off without him, and, and it yes. seemed like we talked about this. I think earlier in the week, it seemed to me like the the Suns exploited the Lakers' defense without AD in ways that teams in the, in the regular season didn't. Because you have time to game plan, you have time to watch film, and players have time to learn tendencies and how to attack. So I feel like we saw that in this series with the Suns getting what they wanted against a Lakers defense that was dominant all season long. Yeah, I think one of the major problems, Kev, uh, beyond the fact that they were easier to prepare for um, when AD went out, clearly, uh, was they didn't really know what they were. That's what that kind of exposed. There wasn't like, okay, next man up. Here's this problem. Now, here's how we play without him, which was a little strange considering he had been out during the season, but there was nothing they obviously trusted because by the time we got to game six with their life on the line, they're starting Marcus all they're playing drumming. No minutes. They're mixing and matching guys. Like there wasn't something that they felt solid about, you know, it felt like Vogel's trying to search for something in, you know, in elimination game. It's like not something like after all this time, it's like that's how important he was, was when he went out, it was like, all right, now we're going to, this is how we play when we don't have Anthony Davis. And yet there we are in game six with their season on the line and they've got Morris guarding DeAndre Ayton. They have three centers. They have Andre Drummond, they have Marcus Gasol, and they have Montrez Harrell, none of which were on the floor. None of which. Like, this is, the, the season's on the line, and now it's like Marcus Morris that we're playing, or Marquise Morris that we're playing at center at that point. And so, I feel like they were, they, they were just really reaching, even in game six, and it kind of exposed the fact that there was nothing comfortable to move to without Anthony Davis in the game. It was overall a depleted team. AD, not himself. KCP missed time. Other guys were banged up. And, you know, I think all those guys you're mentioning, Harrell and, and Drummond, the benefit for the Lakers to having this rotation of bigs by committee is like a bullpen in baseball. You have different arms you can put out there for different situations. And for the Lakers... That only worked if you had Anthony Davis, the one the, who was the one who mattered most, your workhorse, because you could pair him with him. You could run AD at the five alone and not having that card to go to. I mean, we saw this last year in the bubble, the Lakers versus the Rockets. People at one point were saying, can Houston beat the Lakers? I think I at one point said maybe they could. This could be a matchup issue. And then they go to 80 at the five and it's over. They couldn't do that. That was that was always the card in the playoffs that they could go to in case of emergency. Whenever it was time to do it, time to win, they didn't have that. And I think we saw the dramatic difference there. And I wonder, you know, for the Lakers, what is the lesson to learn here? If you're Frank Gog- Frank Vogel and this coaching staff, we talked about they went to Gasol at the five too late in our opinion. Um, I wonder how they feel about that internally, the conversations that they have, and how does the front office feel about the way they'll build this team out moving forward? Because you do need to have AD, give AD support with another five over the course of the season when you're facing the Jokic's of the world and the beads of the world and so on and so forth. You got to have that five. But 
I wonder if, if for the Lakers, depending on the series next time around, you go to 80 at the five earlier. Like, what's the point in waiting? You fall down in a series and have to battle back. It's It just seems like, uh, to me, that if assuming he's healthy at that point, it's time to go small earlier. Well, it's always been a thing that he doesn't want to. He would prefer not to. Well, I know. I know. I know. It's what makes them best. Whole, whole regular season, I get it. Playoffs, yep. time, time to do it quick. Time to do it right away. To me, that's the lesson. And, and, well, and the other thing is this. It's like, uh, to hear some of the Lakers reporters talk about it, it, I got the impression that this is one of those deals where when when pushed to the brink, they made the decision that they made, which was not playing Andre Drummond even one minute in this elimination game. But why, when we kept on wondering why, why, why are they doing this? Why? Wh- what is he playing for? I got the impression that there was some kind of assurance given to him. That's what the reporters seem to believe that there was an assurance given to him yeah, that like, cares? It's, this if is you business. come here, it's, it's you about will. Winning. But yeah, I, know. I know. I know. Like, I don't care oh, no. if there's assurances or promises or whatever. This is business. It's playoff time. Anything that's promised. If you're the coaching staff, like who cares? Like it well, doesn't no, no, matter. No, 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 no. You're going to do what's best for your team. Uh, no, but the, those assurances that were about not only playing, but also that he's part of what they want in the future. That's yeah. the big thing. Yeah. Oh, and, and I, I think that's that stupid anymore. too. Yeah. I think that's goofy too. And, so, and, and, and I say who cares, but like Andre Drummond is represented by Excel and Jeff Schwartz, ton of clients, big time clients. And so it's, it is important to maintain that relationship. If you're the Lakers and Palenka as a former agent, I'm sure values those promises quite highly. Um, however, that was uh, ultimately maybe a mistake here. I do know I have had multiple executives tell me this was before Drummond signed before Drummond signed. I was told that his camp had fears about him being benched in a postseason setting, which mm. is one of the reasons why you heard noise about teams like the Knicks and the Celtics that didn't necessarily have Supreme finals hopes like yep. some of these other squads, the Nets or Lakers that were in on him, but they could have offered more consistent and more, you know, promised minutes. And suddenly the Lakers come out of nowhere. And then they got him. So logically, I haven't heard anything like some Lakers reporters might, but logically it would make sense that there was a promise there for minutes and a starting job. But with that said, though, I'm tired of talking about the Lakers. I want to talk about the Suns. It, the Lakers just didn't lose this series. The Suns win, won this series, Absolutely. Chris. They won and, it. And, 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 you know, Chris Paul has gotten a tremendous amount of credit, um, as he should. But, you know, we always go around praising all these GMs about everything. James Jones did this. Heck James Jones job. pulled this off and he put, he drafted the right guys. He put together the right roster. He got the right veterans and he got the right coach too. Yes, sir. Right. Yep. Like, I mean, Monty. the player, the players win the games, but the job that he did um, in not a, in not a long amount of time. Right. And there were not, a million assets there. You know, they lost all those years in a row and really didn't have anything to show for it in terms of assets to move on. Like they, they didn't get anything for Josh Jackson. They didn't get anything for TJ Warren. They didn't get anything for Dragon Bender or Alex Land or like, you know, typically if you draft high over and over and over again, you could flip it into something, right? Like you can do what Danny Ainge did a hundred years ago with Al Jefferson and somehow you can end up with the KG because you nailed some draft picks. Like they didn't get assets for those, but they had this great player in Booker. They had, um, and then he went out 
And after they had already been good at the end of the year in the bubble last year, like last year kind of augmented it. And he had Ricky Rubio and Aaron Baines and a couple of those guys. And then this year, you improved it even more. And you went and got Chris Paul and you got Jay Crowder. And you got some like real warriors that are built for it um, to flank these young guys uh, in Aiton and Booker and Bridges. And that's the other one. The Bridges thing is a robbery. That's a robbery. Oh, you don't want Zaire Smith? He's not in the league. <laughs> I Poor mean, Zaire Smith. I wonder how he's doing after, no, the, after the, he, the, the, the peanut thing that he had. The peanut he allergy. He was, weirdly, he was on uh, the Memphis Hustle roster for the G League bubble, and he never played. I don't know if he ever ended up. I never. He wasn't even on the bench or anything. Great, great athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a great athlete. Great athlete. Yeah. But I mean, that was. I mean, that is. That's a big move to enable what's taking place right now. For sure. And God, yeah. hey, how good would Bridges look on the Sixers? Oh, perfect, <laughs> huh? Yeah. I mean, uh, imagine Bridges and Thibel together. That'd be crazy. But <laughs> this is just some fantasy for Sixers fans. Uh, and but Chris James Ryan. Jones has done a really, really good job. He <laughs> has. Yeah, James Jones. Outstanding. I mean, like this is you know kind of the 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 center piece of the Suns feature that I wrote a couple months ago. James Jones and Monty Williams building this thing out, and you know helping support you know this talent around uh, around Devin Booker and around DeAndre Ayton. And I think about this Suns team, and I think about Ayton specifically. The sacrifice that a number one pick taking the a career low in shots and points. And changing who he is and the perception of who he is, somebody who was criticized as a player who did not try, who did not focus, who had lacked awareness, and he's become a player who sets a tone with his hustle and running the floor and his screening and his rim running and his defense and his rebound, like all of it. Like he sets a tone. He's become that player for the Suns. And you know, when I when I talked to Aiton for the story a couple months back, he he credited his teammates. Like a lot of people do, you know, but I, I believe it from him. Like just the way he talks about it, saying they always push me. They're always on me. Monty Williams said to me that we're always on him. Guys are always on him. I'm always on him. Everybody pushes him. And I think he's kind of Aiton to me is representative of what this team is because it, it is a group that sacrifices, that plays for each other, that plays together. And, you know, I saw some tweets tonight, you know, of people saying the NBA can't be happy about, you know, Lakers being out, LeBron being out and all that. And I get it. Like I get not having some of these star players and Steph losing in the play. And I get it. But the story of the Phoenix Suns, the story of the Utah Jazz and the Milwaukee Bucks and the Atlanta Hawks and some of these teams that are in there for the first time, some of these teams that have been through it before, to me like this is awesome. Like I'm so excited to see these teams well, moving forward. Kev, we got a lot of new blood. You know, one of the stories that's going to come out of this and it's going to be a big conversation piece is the fact that both of our finals per- participants are out in the first round. The Miami Heat aren't around anymore. The Los Angeles Lakers aren't around anymore. Crazy. The other team, interestingly enough, in the East was the Boston Celtics. They're not around anymore. There's only one that remained and they're hobbled. And it's Denver. Yeah, the team that lost they're, their second best player to a torn ACL is still in. They're, they're the ones that are still around. And even if you go deeper, if you just go to the final eight teams that were there, Toronto missed the playoffs. Milwaukee, they're moving on to the second round. Miami swept in the first round. Boston lost in the first round. Denver, they're moving on. 
The Clippers are down 3-2 in the first round. Houston missed the playoffs completely. Lakers lost in the first round. I mean, you only have two. You've got Milwaukee and you've got Denver that are remaining. And the Clippers are, you know, on the ropes. They've got to win two straight if they're going to move on. That's up to the final eight teams that were there in the bubble last year. I'd love to know. I I don't know how to look something like this up. There's no way. Really good with stats. Like Probably Elias has it already. Yes. How many times in NBA history has this happened? We're only two of eight of the final eight or one of four of the final four have been got to to the final eight the following year. In the playoffs, I'd love to know like how many times that's happened. It's probably on. How many would you say? Like, how many would you guess, Chris? Four. It could happen. Four. Yeah. It could happen. Where one of them, you know, is the only one that gets yes, there because four. those teams can. Those teams could turn over. But, but eight, eight to two. Yeah, eight no to way. two. Yeah, I don't think that that's happened many times. Uh, 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 I'd set the over under at like six and a half. Well, because how many? Yeah. You know, if you've got the great great players in the league, you make the playoffs every year. Yeah. Right. And then you usually win at least in the first round. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you're in the final eighteen <laughs> that not, are there, yeah. right? Like, I mean, if you had Shaq, you were in the second round mm-hmm. every year. If you had, I mean, most there's a lot of guys that there were, were like some that. guarantees. Yeah, 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 ball. yeah, not not always guaranteed, but close to it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Dirk Nowitzki. When was the last time you know you were in the playoffs at least, and then you're probably moving on to the second round. But I, I mean. I don't know. It, it 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 may have it may be more common yeah. than we think. Could but be. I mean, the premier teams. I mean, to not have and, and, and by the either, way, Dirk Dirk lost in the first round a lot though. So. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So he wouldn't have been in the final <laughs> yeah, eight. Yeah. I'm saying, but if you've got the great players, you're in the playoffs. Therefore, with a crack at it, and it's not like they filter in new playoff teams every single year, right? This year. um, well, I don't know how many of uh, of them would be new. I mean, you did have Toronto fall out. You did have uh, some other teams that fell out of it. But you know, so you know the Lakers and the Clippers and the and the Trailblazers and the Nuggets and those teams were there last year. Um, so it's interesting. I, and you know, it's going to take a long time to figure out what the bubble meant. Do you wonder? You know, is it is it that the bubble wasn't as realistic or is it the impact that the bubble season had on this season that made these teams in many cases debilitated could be none of right? it right could, right? could you know be what I'm none of it. you know it could be that the suns and jazz just got better it could just be that you know jokic got better mm-hmm. cuz he did he did no like but those suns, were healthy you know. teams those were healthy teams yeah, and there were a lot of those teams that did not have the seasons that they wanted to have because they did not they were not healthy. Those teams, I mean, look, usually the best teams are sure, the healthiest I mean, teams, I, right? They stay. I, yeah, I, I know. I, I'm just saying, like, there's a chance the Suns could have won the series even if the Lakers had AD and LeBron the whole time. Like, there's a chance. I agree with that. Uh, I, I agree picked the that. Lakers in seven before the series. I said it was going to be close. Then AD gets set back. Suns win right. in six. And I, I think there's a real shot the Suns would have win it because this team's legit. The Jazz oh, look, are legit. You know? You're always one injury away. So oh, yeah. you can't make excuses. Like we, we were we were here talking about this. Like, man, if they don't have Chris, they're not gonna they wouldn't. They're not gonna they're not gonna win this without Chris Paul, right? And likewise, they weren't gonna win this without a Anthony Davis. Sure. You're one injury away. Yeah. 
And that's what's going to make this next series with the Suns and Nuggets so fascinating because Chris Paul, still not 100%, looks like he's getting better over the course of this series, but he's definitely not full-on 100% Chris Paul like we saw prior to that. That's sure. That's for sure. Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still. Speaking of the series that they are going to lead into, I went back and looked to find out uh, about those two teams playing this year. They played back-to-back games in December or J- January. What the One of them went to overtime. The other one went to double overtime. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. Like, if this is any kind of indication of what we could be getting. But then I went and pulled up the box score, and I was like, oh, my God. Jokic is literally the only starter left from the Denver team that took the floor in the Denver Phoenix games that took place this year. The starting five was Jokic with Murray, Barton, Gary Harris, and Paul Millsap. (laughs) Just looking at that box score from January in these double overtime games against the Phoenix Suns, and I'm like, holy mackerel. Like, if anybody wanted to think twice about whether or not <laughs> Nikola Jokic is <laughs> worthy of most valuable player. I went and pulled that box score, and I'm like, that is insane. They just won a playoff series with four different guys. Then a box score I looked up to see, hey, how do these teams match up? Like, that is, it, 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 it's useless to me, right? That box score was beyond useless to me. 100% is. It's yeah. like, okay, it's not even the same team that is would be playing against the Suns. Now, meanwhile, the Suns roster was basically the same. They were starting Cam Johnson instead of Crowder, but that's about it. You know, they had their guys. It's going to be interesting here, man. I, I think for Jokic, Nurkic is a, is a tough matchup. You know, we, we'll, we'll talk about that game, but um, Aiton, Aiton has to really step up to the challenge here. This is going to be a unique challenge for him um, in that series against Nikola Jokic. Uh, Jokic is such a monster. What he did to Nurkic in that series, what he did to Ennis Cantor, especially like Cantor got eaten alive, dude. Uh, like there's just no answers at all. Nurkic at least held his own, battled hard, make it made it hard on him. This is going to be the greatest challenge of Aiton's life to slow down Nikola Jokic. And I look forward to seeing what the Suns do in that series. What's crazy is at the end of that series, the Blazers were plus 45 with Nurkic on the floor. And to your point about the whole canter and, and, and like they tried Covington, they tried everything. They were minus 53 with him off the floor. Like the fact that Yusuf Nurkic was the most valuable player to your team, you know, in this damn, series. To, damn, I mean, this no, is no, no. I'm saying player. in terms of on-off court is all I'm saying, right? Like that they couldn't survive at all without Nurkic on the court, and he's still getting cooked, right? It's just he's cooked less because Jokic ends that series averaging 35 and 10, four and a half assists, and he splits or. 53% from the field, 43% from three, 92% from the line. 
unbelievable. I mean, it, it's tough if you're if you're Terry Stotts. You look at the bench. Ennis Cantor's a nice guy, but he's a horrible defender. Uh, and like with with the Blazers, that stat you just mentioned, I can't si- attest to whether he's a nice guy either. It, <laughs> <laughs> I can't attest to that. He's a smiley guy. We can say that at least, you know, social he smiles, media. You know, he smiles. He smiles. Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think I've heard, I've heard Kander's a really sweet guy. Oh, I, I, heard, I heard he's a, uh, I heard yeah. he's a scumbag. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I don't know either way. But, uh, but to following up on the stat that you just mentioned, Chris, in yeah. the series versus the Nuggets with Dame and Nurkic on the court. Yeah. The Blazers outscored the Nuggets by 13 points for one of their possessions. So they had a thir- plus 13 with Crazy. Dame without Nurkic, a minus seven. Jeez. So like even with Dame on the court without Nurk, their defense was just getting crushed. And that's the difference there. They were still putting up buckets regardless of who was on the court with Dame, as you'd expect. But defensively, they had a 113 defensive rating with Dame and Nurkic. That plummeted to 128 with Dame and without Nurkic. Like, they had to have Nurkic out there to have any shot. And if you're a Blazers fan, I tweeted this out earlier tonight. Oh, um, we saw. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, we saw. How long had that been in the drafts? Don't tell a uh, lot. About five minutes. I'm serious. Like, I typed it up. That I found the photo minutes before the tweet went out. Yeah, what did you photo. Google to find this to photo of Terry Stotts? Just Terry Stotts. No, you didn't. You just, yes, just did. Terry. You really? You just, I went to an image database, the, not Google. I went to oh. an image database. Yeah, but um, you didn't say like Terry Stotts sad or Terry no, Stotts. I, I think it was from tonight. No, I'm pretty oh. sure that photo is from oh. tonight's oh, game. It it's but, a current um, photo. <laughs> yeah, current. Yeah, it's a very up to date. Because uh, when I Google, there's only photos of him in a suit. I'm like, that's the last season. <laughs> Coaches don't wear suits anymore. <laughs> uh, uh, oh <laughs> my goodness! But, uh, but it, like as I tweeted though, it is fitting the way the Blazers lost because they blew a 14 point lead that they had in the middle of the third quarter. A 14 point lead at home. Re- at home, and the reason why they blew it was the reason why like I had no trust in this team all season long. Their defense stinks. 29th ranked during the regular season. It's a horrible defense. I'm sorry. And on offense, I feel like they lack imagination around Dame. Like if, if Dame isn't going, they have nothing. If Dame isn't well, going, he was no not answers. going in that fourth quarter at that it, second it, half. He, he was, I mean, the second half, you wonder if it was, and look, the Nuggets played in that game too. But it was a double overtime game that he had 55 tired. points in, right? And I he mean, played the whole third quarter, didn't get his rest at the start of the fourth. I bet he was tired because he had his team on his back the whole season. They had so many, like, credit to Damian Lillard. Like, I, sometimes there's people who say, why doesn't Dame get any blame? Dame does deserve some blame for being a, a lackluster defensive player, but he is so magnificent offensively. Who cares? It's It's on the others to make up for who he just had naturally is as a smaller point guard on defense. He carried this team to the playoffs. He carried them. Nurk was out. McCollum got off to a great start. Then suddenly he was out. Other guys were in and out of the lineup. And Damian Lillard was the guy the whole way that steered them on the offensive end of the floor and gave them a shot in games and kept them in the play-in race and eventually pushed them to get the six seed after the tiebreaker with the Lakers. And it's on the front office to build out this roster, assuming Neil O'Shea even comes, even stays, there could be a change there. I would not be surprised. I'll tell you what, Chris. 
I wouldn't be surprised if this entire Blazers organization looks different next season. Front office, coaching staff, and the supporting well, cast around Damian Lillard. It would not shock me one bit. What did they say at the very end of the game? I think it was, did they say four out of five or three out of four? I don't want to misquote it, but it was, I think it was four out of five, they said. First round exits. I mean, obviously, they went to the West Finals in that one year, a couple of years ago. But that the other years that they've gotten bounced in the first round. So, yeah, I mean. I got it for you. Yeah. Starting back in 2013-14, second round loss, first round loss, second round lost, first round, first round, conference finals, first round, and then now first round. So Four or five. Uh, 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 yeah. Four or five. Besides that Western Conference run when they made it all the way there and got smoked in four games by the Warriors. Yep. So it's four out of five four years. Four out of five with, with a legendary player on your team and Damian Lord. That is underwhelming. There's no question. Now, I don't know if you saw the Nurkic thing in the locker room after the game. I didn't see that. No, oh, God. It, it, they asked him if he wanted to come back. And he was like, depends on. Really? Depends. And he's like, you know, I'm going to talk to my agent, Rich Paul. He shouted out his agent. And so huh. I was like, oh, boy. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. They're talking about if he wanted to be back. And, and obviously, huh. you know, there's going to be the CJ stuff coming up again. Um, he said it would have to be the right situation. If it was the right situation, you know. Hmm. And then they said, what is the right situation? And I was like, And he right. said, this is not the right situation. Oh, my. I've got a non-guaranteed contract. I don't even know if I'm going to be back. I mean, the Blazers aren't, are going to guarantee that deal unless he pushes his way out. Right. I mean, you never know. Crazier things have happened. I mean, he 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 shouted at his agent by name. He wanted everybody to know, I am represented by Rich Paul. <laughs> I'm going to leave that to, to Rich Paul, my agent. We'll see what yes. happens. <laughs> Rich, Rich Paul and that story published recently referred to the Lakers as we. He did? Yeah, did he, he really? Did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, all right. Uh, we do need to talk about uh, the Blazers. They're going to have a hell of an offseason, to say the least. What, what was that story? Uh, did you read that? What? The, the New Yorker one? Yeah, the New Yorker one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he, because yeah, it's kind of funny. And when he referred to the Lakers as we, the author said, "Like, what do you mean we?" He's like, "Well, I have six clients on the team." <laughs> <laughs> it was a, such a funny response. <laughs> uh, the other team that they were playing is <laughs> the Nuggets, and they were led by Jokic. But they also got twenty six points out of Michael Porter Jr. They got. 22 points out of Monte Morris. Dude. And that first quarter was crazy by Porter. Oh my. It, well, you know what? Oh I I think I think I've got this right. Because there were two others that they said did it, the six threes in a quarter. But I believe that in terms of doing it in the first quarter, that Porter Jr. did it in the first quarter, and he was the first guy to ever hit six three-pointers in the first quarter of a playoff game, right? <laughs> Interesting. Booker did it in the next game. <laughs> They're the only two in NBA history. That's crazy. I didn't know Porter do was that. the first to do it. I'm not surprised. Well, th there's other guys that have hit six, but doing it in the first quarter. The first quarter, But yeah. then we went to the late <laughs> game. And yeah. I mean, if I'm Michael Porter, I call up Devin Booker. I go, what's your problem? Like, I can't have one NBA record. You know what I mean? Like, without you, without you pissing on it in the next game. Come on, bro. So, like some of these records though, like that, like <laughs> I walked in the room the other night. I watched a little bit of America's Got Talent with my mom. 
Yeah. And and there's this guy like on there who like does stuff breaking world records. He does different world records that he breaks. And what he did on stage was like he sat on walnuts. So it was like breaking as many walnuts in 30 seconds as you could. That's it was <laughs> he, his talent? And, yeah, that's what he did on stage. The record all time was like 68 or something. And he got, I think, 78 or 79 in 30 seconds. Like he would just sit on them one after the other. And that's what it feels like the most threes in the first quarter feels like. It's just it's like, no, hey, I get <laughs> no, how dare you? <laughs> like it's just no. selecting the first quarter. What about most threes in a quarter? No, no, no. But this is what you I know, want. I'm kidding. I'm kidding around. It's yeah, just but the re- a, I know. But the reason you so want specific. that is because when Steph Curry inevitably hits seven in the first quarter of a playoff game, then they're going to say the last guy to do this was Michael Porter Jr. That's yeah. at least to get your yeah. name thrown out there. Right. Um, yeah. By the way, yeah. I don't, I don't know what kind of answer the Suns are going to have for supernova Austin rivers, who is now shooting 54% from three on five attempts a game in the last five games and hits huge ones. I, the Austin Rivers thing, every time they throw it out to him and he buries another one, I'm like, this is unbelievable. Like he wasn't even on a team for two months, Kevin. He was just sitting out there. The Knicks got rid of him and he was just available. And he's like <laughs> helping them win playoff games. I feel like he just shows up and hits these big ass shots every once in a while. He's got that confidence of, I mean, a warrior, man. He's unbelievable. Uh, and I, I, you I, watch I that love team, seeing him play. I love seeing him play. You just watch that team and you're like, how? How? And it, you've got to be humiliated if you're Portland. Come on. That's, I just told you what the starting lineup for Denver looked like in January. And now with their starting lineup, they don't even have that anymore, right? I mean, the guys that are running out there, they're, 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 you know, in the fourth quarter, I mean, no offense to these guys because they played great. I think like, you underrate Denver, Chris. I do. I, I think you underrate them. No, they're good players. Yeah. They're not. They're good players. Yeah, but they're not starters. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, like they wouldn't like be starting. Next to, next to Jokic, the way he lifts. I mean, I think it's really a testament to the greatness of Nikola Jokic, to be honest with you. I do. I really do. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But well, like, we but agree I mean, like, on this. But, but I mean, like, it's... The, Michael the, Porter like, Jr. is awesome. I know, right? but like, I'm saying... Green is fine. Monty Morris is fine. Austin Rivers is fine. What I'm saying is, it's like, in, in a vacuum is irrelevant. Like, it doesn't matter. What, what matters is what the situation is. And, like, in the situation, the players and their skills are amplified next to Jokic and their weaknesses are minimized. Like that's, that's what he does. And like, I don't, I think the name Austin rivers, you know, Campazo and, you know, Marcus Howard and Harrison and the old Paul Millsap, like the names on paper aren't great in a vacuum. They aren't great in many situations. They may not be great, but when you're paired with Jokic, that's ultimately all that matters. And when you're paired with him, their skills work, it works. And and that's because of him and why he's the MVP and why he could become, if he does this for long enough, one of the greatest players we've ever seen in the history of basketball. He's certainly the most talented passer I have ever seen. I mean, it is remarkable what he can do out on the basketball court and to see him score the way he does as well. It, it's a, like, he's one of those players. There's sometimes like Damian Lillard is one of these guys on the other side. It's a priv- privilege to watch Jokic play basketball. He is unfreaking believable. Chris. Unbelievable. I do think it will show up in the next round, though, that 
the, against just Phoenix. The, yeah, the Phoenix lack does, of help. does have those better names. Yes. Since you're saying, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. It's I think, hard I think to that's bring Monte Morris against Chris Paul and Austin Rivers against Devin Booker. Morris is a that's good tough. player, man. He's a good player. He is a good backup point guard, Kevin, who is playing exceptionally well right now. Right? I think you're, I think you're underrating. What do you think he should be a starter in the league? And that's like I don't know. I, I, Chris, well, I, don't, like, I, I don't, like I said, in a, in a vacuum doesn't matter. I don't know if he should be a starter in the league. I'm saying like in Denver, in this situation, the way they play, the way who Jokic is, like I don't care if he's a starter on another team. It, it's like it doesn't matter. It just doesn't make a difference. It's I'm saying the, it will matter skills. in the next round. It's that's when it's gonna matter. You know what I'm saying? When like it could, now, no, it could now you're at, Murray. Yeah. Now you're at a talent deficit, right? Yeah, but but to With, me that, like. That, Against a team that can defend, yeah. Uh, but to me, it's like it's about like, what do you do to Jokic still? Like Aiton is going to face the greatest challenge of his life here, and with with this guy with Aiton playing at the level that he has, if you're Phoenix, do you double Jokic? Do you play single coverage? Do you mix it up? Try to throw different looks at him. I look forward to seeing what Monty Williams and the Suns draw up. I really am. I think um, well, from a tactical point of view, this could be a repeat of the first round series of Nuggets Blazers in terms of little tactical tweaks, just being a fu- straight up fun series. I'm, gonna, I'm expecting a lot more of that. And not unlike in this way, he could be a massive advantage. Let's just say he makes it very, very difficult on Aiton. Aiton picks up fouls. Aiton can't stay on the court for whatever reason. They ain't got anything else. The same way we just talked about having to play Enos Cantor if you want to play anybody with some size. Like you're just gonna have to play like Tory Craig, or you're gonna have to play Jay Crowder. You're gonna you gotta try something like that because otherwise you're gonna roll. You gonna put Frank Kaminsky out on him? You gonna put you gonna put Frank Kaminsky out on Nikola Jokic? Like what do you expect? What do you expect's gonna happen if that's the case, right? So that's why that becomes mega important too, and that could be on the other side. That could be one of those things where it is. Uh, as good a job as he's done, James Jones has real regrets over not just not just getting one of the Kem Birch, Gorky Jing, whoever, another big body that could give me 10 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Because you need a big body that can not get slaughtered when he's out there. And obviously that was not the case with Cantor. They don't really have another one either. Yeah, in Kim, Kaminsky. I mean, unless somehow Jalen Smith comes out of nowhere and he's a secret weapon that we're not talking about, <laughs> not thinking about. Like they don't really have that answer. And with Phoenix, that's that's why Aiton is so important. Like he, mm-hmm. Aiton, the great thing about up? him, he never gets into foul trouble. Mm. He, he, but against Jokic, <laughs> oh, it's hard not to fall into foul trouble. It's hard. It is hard. Yeah. Hard hard not to, especially when he's getting the ball at the top of the key now so uh, much, right? Yeah. And just There's playing just from there. So many chances for him to, to rip through, to draw a foul, just to yes. just to bury just bury himself in you going to the going to the basket. So many opportunities to draw fouls for Jokic.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, so we've got uh, we got that series that is going to be set, and it's actually going to be highly, highly entertaining. The other one we do not have set yet. Uh, Utah has moved on as they disposed of Memphis last night. I will tell you that when they started that game, there have been a couple of these now. Obviously, Phoenix tonight. We saw Milwaukee in that game, two against the Heat. But last night, the Jazz started out against the Grizzlies 15 for 19. They were 8 of 10 from 3 and dropped 47 points. I mean, every 3 they took. I think Royce O'Neal missed 2, and he's the only one that missed any shots. I mean, they were just unbelievable, and that's what they do. They shoot a ton of 3s, and they shoot them at an extremely high rate. And they are sitting back and getting to rest and waiting on their opponent, whoever it's going to be, and that is going to be the winner of Clippers Mavs. And we have. Lord knows we've talked about it from both sides, but <laughs> I will hang on to what I said on Tuesday, which was Luca was the best player You're in right. the first two games. Kawhi was the best player in the second two games. So who's going to be the best player the rest of the way, right? And we got our answer <laughs> last night because holy crap. I mean, I guess he's fine now because he had looked pretty banged up prior to, but Jesus, 42 points, 14 assists, eight rebounds, and he plays a part in 31 of 37 baskets, which I think I read this morning was the highest percentage anybody has ever played a role in that many baskets ever. I mean, he was, he's otherworldly. And now I don't want to make any kind of like, huge proclamations because we saw <laughs> the way the Clippers responded the last time that they played in Dallas. This has been a very strange series where the home team can't win, but we do get a game six in that. And which of those teams do you think poses a bigger threat to Utah? Um, I really, I'm not sure. Don't I, I, know. I, I, I don't know. Like they're, it's very interesting in in both situations. I would say the Clippers with their ability to play small, the spacing that for trying to force Gobert out of the paint is interesting. Yeah. And um, they shoot threes but, at a very high rate, or did during the regular and, season. And on the other side of it, though, Kristaps Porzingis for Dallas, the the spacing on offense could be helpful. Pull Gobert out as much as you can. But defensively, phew, uh, I mean, that pick and roll with Mike Conley or Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, Chris Thomas Porzingis has not been good on defense. 
And that could be an issue for them. I mean, I feel like it's it's kind of a coin flip. I hate not to choose one here, but I haven't thought about it until you asked it that much. But um, both of those present some challenges in their own ways. I'd pick Utah in either series, um, but both of them present different types of challenges. I, I would say for Utah and the way their defense is structured, it might be a little bit easier to game plan for the way the Mavericks play all through Luka rather than through multiple guys like with Kawhi and with Paul George, but it's really close between those. And one thing I wanted to say about you bringing up Lucas, his 40 point, 42 point game. After that game, I was texting with somebody and I said, dumb question to them. I'm reading the text right now. Did Luca have an off game? I know he was 17 of 37 for 42 points and 14 assists, but he was 11 of 25 from two point range. He could be better. And I texted that saying, I'm a fool, you know, (laughs) even suggesting that. And then Luca says after the game, I was terrible. (laughs) I think we're on the same page here. He was 11 of 25 from two point range. He missed so many layups and floaters around the basket. That's what Luca pointed out. And it's just kind of funny because that was my that's the way I felt watching that game as amazing as he was. He could have been even better. Like that could have been a 60 bomb. He only scored 42 on 37 points. We just saw Devin Booker score 40, 17 on what? 18 shots. I forget the exact number. Big difference. Luca could be better. Just like Kawhi should be better. I mean, he had the error ball at the end of the game. You should get a better Kawhi. You could get a better Luca. I'm, I'm, fired up like this series has been wild yeah. it's gonna be a fun one man <laughs> and who knows and there's always these you know uh i follow that account uh stats muse and they're always putting out like they're you great know, they do this good is, stuff this is what happened in this game this is what happened in this game and i'll and i'll, and I'll jot all these down as to have them for our, our notes for different things if we're going to be talking about something but i audibly laughed when I was scrolling through after that one. And one of the things they put up was, it was this, like they got those like odd graphics. It's like these cartoon graphics oh, almost of these guys. But the graphic was of a Subot, and the stat was the Clippers are 0 and three in games that Zubats has played 18 or more minutes. Oh God. <laughs> and it was just this cartoon of Ivaka Zubats. And I was like, what a stat. They are 0 and three when he plays 18 or more minutes. Did you see the stat they had last week about how uh Chris Asporzingis averages four rebounds per game? Campazo, who's like five foot two, <laughs> averages more than him. <laughs> Dude, like stat muse, stat muse to me. Really funny. I, I, I love their stuff because basketball and sports are supposed to be fun. It is. And stats are supposed to be fun. And the stats that they put out are informative, but fun. And with the art, it makes it fun. And, and like, there's some stats that are out there. Like, I don't know what I'm looking at. Like, it's like, right. I gotta put, you know, put on some glasses and, and, and look really closely. It's like some stats are confusing. Stat Muse does a great job putting out stuff that delivers the information that should be conveyed in a digestible way. I mean, I just had to say that to compliment them. Cause I love their account. I always learn something seeing their stuff. Here's a, here's the thing. And, and, uh, Per them, you can now keep this in mind as you are watching game six monitor. As soon as that thing gets to 18 minutes for Zubots, you can just go ahead and say the Clippers yeah. are losing. Yeah, they, they guys, <laughs> if, he, if he plays 18 or more minutes, they are done. 
Yeah. Don't don't do that necessarily, but but it is interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, I can't wait for that game six. And again, I I I I'm done making I'm done having an opinions on that, right? I, I I do think either of those guys are totally possible, uh, capable of being the best player in a said game, much less the best player in a series. And it really has come down to, you can look at the five games. It doesn't always line up this way, but in three of the games, Luka Doncic has been the best player on the floor. And in two of the games, Kawhi Leonard's been the best player on the floor. Sometimes it's that simple, really. I know. It's, sometimes it's as simple as a team that shoots threes better. You yep. know, like, like that's what Ty Lue argued after the first two games. That's sometimes, right. Sometimes it really is simple. I mean, hell, they do. They have shot a lot better in L.A. It's crazy. <laughs> like, why can't they it's shoot American Airlines like that? <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it won't shock me one bit if we get a game seven on Sunday. Oh, I hope so. I hope we do get some game sevens because we've had some series. And even since we last spoke, Trey Young taking a bow like he's in a freaking oh, Broadway show. I, I told it. you he's if great. he was going to embrace being the villain, I I might I might have to turn with him, right? You know what I mean? Because the same way I liked the bad guy wrestlers, I thought that was so funny. He that was on a big stage, and they wiped they wiped them out, man. I was I I was surprised by that outcome. I really was. I was surprised that that series did not go to six games. You know, I figured the Knicks would at least get two of the games, but Atlanta. I think they put everybody on notice, don't you? He was amazing. That and they say whatever you want. That Knicks team was a good defensive team this year, and. Bogdanovich was awesome, and Trey got done with that series, his first playoff series ever, and he averaged 29 points and 9.8 assists. <laughs> I mean, do what you, do you want him to do? Do you think the Hawks can beat the Sixers if Embiid is either limited or does he need to be out? Like, what, what needs to happen with Embiid for the Hawks to win the series? If he if if Joel Embiid does not play in that series, they will not beat that Hawks team. I'm with you. I, I'd pick with, the with Hawks. Dwight Howard with who? Dwight Howard. It, yeah, I, I'm no. with you. If the Hawks, if the Hawks face a, a Sixers team without Embiid, I will pick the Hawks to win the series. Absolutely. But we don't know with well, Embiid. We don't. This know. This is dicey because uh, uh, look. Here's what I'll say. Torn meniscus. Uh, torn meniscus. Right. I ta- I ta- I talked about this during. Uh, you know, the Tuesday pod and hopefully people understand that uh, while I am not uh, carrying a medical degree in 20 years of sitting courtside in the NBA, I might as well. Um, the hamstring <laughs> thing with AD or the groin thing. Like the second we talked about, it, I said, it's not going to improve, right? The meniscus thing. A lot of guys uh, that I've covered have gone through this. And we talked about this because it's going, it's happening with Wiseman. Uh, it just happened with Jaron Jackson this year. Younger players sometimes it uh, will decide that you can either get it repaired or you can get it removed. You know, I've talked about this in the past. It's almost like imagine if there's a frayed string that's in your knee, and you can either tie it back together and take the time for that to strengthen back, and that's what you do if you've got like. 
you haven't gotten your $100 million and you've got a 10 years or more ahead of you. Older guys, when they have the meniscus thing, they go into the offseason and then they just get it cut out, right? And you just remove it. And then it ends up later down the road, bone on bone, but you've already got your $100 million, so it's not that big of a deal, right? Here's what I'm telling you. It's going to swell up and it's going to be a thing for the rest of the playoffs. He's got to make it six more weeks if they're going to make a run to the title. No chance. It's definitely going to be a thing for sure. There's Um, no chance that, I mean. No doubt it'll be a thing. Well, because you don't have a choice right now. You can't do either. You can't repair it or remove it. It's just going to bother you. And it's going to swell up. And so then what? Like, I mean, he's not going to be right. He's not going to be right until he gets to the offseason and then makes a decision on that. Yeah, and, and like that, it sucks, man. It really no, it sucks. sucks, it, sucks. It, it's, it's awful. I mean, I, I think with Joel Embiid, he's been relatively healthy after a horrible start of his career, missing time and the surgeries he's had. He's been relatively healthy, but it, it, just, it just seems like there, there's always something that pops up. And it just it's sucks so much because this Sixers team being the one seed, the roster that they've built around him and Ben Simmons, the level that those two are playing at together and the chemistry that they've developed after years of, you know, talks that they can't play together. It felt like they were at the point where, yeah, they can and they could win. They could win it all with them, with the team that's been built around them by Daryl Morey and Elton Brand and, and now, you know, new coaching staff with Doc Rivers and everything. It just felt like it was their time. Um, I don't know. It just takes the air out of no, what, I was hope, what, what I was really hoping would be a fun three team race in the East. And now, I mean, we'll find out in a new series here. If Embiid can't get back or, he, or even just misses the start, we saw Ben Simmons in the starting five with Matisse Thibel joining him. They didn't go with Dwight Howard. They didn't go with a big, they played Simmons essentially as a five mm-hmm. who handled the ball. Will we see a lot more of that against the Atlanta Hawks? Because facing a Clint Capella is a lot different than facing <laughs> Gafford. It's a lot different than yep. facing Lopez. Like Washington was thrown out there. Capella's a really good player. John Collins is a really good player. Different challenges if you play Ben Simmons at the five. So I look forward to seeing what the Sixers do. I, it would not shock me one bit, and I'd be willing to bet that we'll probably see a big with Ben Simmons, at least to start the series because of Capella, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. And and let me make this clear. You can play with it. You can, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not going to keep him out. What I'm saying is it's going to be a problem. It's going to bother you, right? Uh, You're not going to be the full version of yourself. Like he may play this out and he may tough it out. Right. And risk. You know, so things in the future because you got a chance at the title, but you're not going to get the full version of Joel Embiid um, like you would have if he, if he hadn't uh, torn this thing. Um, and so it, it's, it's brutal. If they don't have him, it's going to be very, very difficult uh, for them to even beat the Hawks. And it, I, I actually think it would probably be a pretty long series, but it, Dependent on how many games he plays, even at his whatever percent he would be at, whatever uh, amount he plays um, would determine who I think. If they are without him, I think the Hawks would advance. If he can play for the seven, I mean, I could see him winning a game without him and then winning three with him. So, I mean, he just, they need him, but 
they ain't beating Milwaukee without him. I promise you that. Yeah. This is a team that I had going to the finals. Mm-hmm. And I would change that now. One thing I look forward to seeing is let's say they have Simmons out there at the five and you're going to see a lot of Trey Young, Clint Capella pick and rolls. Trey Young this season, when he ran a pick and roll and defenses switched the screen, he scored 1.1 points per chance, which is incredible considering the level of volume that he was switched against. That's an incredible number according to the second spectrum. So for the Sixers, if you do go small, there's some concern there. If you go with another big, how that affects you on offense without Embiid, potentially without Embiid, like, it, like it's no winning either way. You, you, you add something, you take something away, regardless of what you choose to do. And it's, it's going to be a dilemma if they don't get Embiid. If Embiid's back and even if he's, you know, 75%, you can win the series. Um, but without Embiid, uh, I'd pick Atlanta to win this. They're a tough team. They're a good team and they're playing at a really high level for months. Now, this isn't just one series. It's been months of high level play. It then, because of the situation and we're assuming that Embiid is going to be, it's going to be very difficult for him because of that situation, Kev, that other series becomes the de facto who will mm. represent the East. Very well could. Like that become mm-hmm. that's very well could be the East Finals that we're watching yeah. between Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Uh which is going to get cracking this weekend and I can't tell you the last time I looked forward to it. I mean, I cannot wait for that series. Yeah. I really can't. Saturday, right? Yes. Can't I wait. mean, cool. and and I think part of it was a few weeks ago we had that game Giannis went crazy and Durant went crazy simultaneously. And it was like, oh my God, imagine if we could watch seven games of this, right? Just two absolute bonafide stars at peak of powers. And that's how it felt like they were in that game. Um, And these teams are, we we chronicled it on Tuesday. They're polar opposites in terms of kind of like, how they got to where they are right now. Um, And I do think that they are extremely well matched against each other. I do like they, who drew holiday guards is like the first subplot of this. It is. Do they put him on Kyrie Irving? Do they say, you know what? We want you on James Harden. Do they, what do they do with? Do they switch? Uh, yeah. Drop? Are they going to switch on these guys? Do they, do they switch everything or just some things? And how do right. they execute? Because like the the Nets, the way in which like Harden especially just dictates the matchups that he gets, and not just the matchup that he gets on him, but where players are matched up away from the ball to dictate how a team might have help defense if he attacks the basket, like right. with multiple switches within a possession. How much are the Bucks switching off the ball? And on the ball, it, like there's so much to watch for on well, Saturday. And the other thing, Kev, is do you do you stay big? You know what I mean. And and, and use it, and the it, size like, to your Brooke advantage Lopez on yeah. offense, post ups, and they've done a little of that. We've seen them sprinkling in. I bet. Yeah. I bet we will. I bet you we will. And, well, and then it's like okay, the way this becomes an advantage for us is now we're going to destroy you on the offensive boards too. If we even if we miss shots, we're going to be able to get it back because yes. we're so much bigger exactly. than you. On the other hand, right? So it it is this battle of wills. Are we going to play? Are we going to play the scoring contest game and run out small with you, and we'll just play PJ Tucker, and that's what we're going to do, right? 
we'll let PG t- PJ Tucker guard Blake or Brown or Claxon. Whoever you run out there is your fifth guy, right? But we're going to match up the rest of the way. We'll put Giannis on Durant. Drew's going to guard one of them. Middleton's going to guard one of them. And we'll put Connaughton uh, on one of them. Uh, you know, Harris or whoever. And then we're going to try to mix and match. But then that five thing ends up becoming, it's the least important, right? I think on both teams. And yet it might become the most important in terms of dictating how the series goes. I wouldn't call it the, the least important for Milwaukee. Brooke Lopez is critical. You know, no, on, no, no, on no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying of the four guys that are on the court, right? That's the, it's the one on Brooklyn. You're least worried about oh, that yeah, position. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 yeah no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. That's I, the, I mean, it's I, the position you're least worried about. And yet it might dictate how you have to play the rest well, of it. I, well, one thing I will say is I was listening, listening. I was like, Chris is talking about, will Milwaukee go big or will, will Milwaukee go small? They have a choice. Brooklyn doesn't. When it comes to that, I mean, like if, if you get DeAndre Jordan out onto the court for Brooklyn, that's a win for Milwaukee. If they're like, oh, geez, we got to go with DJ. We get we get, like Steve Nash goes to the sideline and says, DJ, you're in. That's a win for the Nets. I mean, so that's a win for the Bucks if that happens. So you know, that's the benefit of the way your buddy John Horst and the Bucks have built this roster out where they have lineup flexibility. Budenholzer has options with the way he can dictate the way in which they're going to play and that to me gives them an edge in that sense. That's why for the Nets, it was important. They, that's why they chased Drummond, didn't get him. That's why they signed Aldridge. Unfortunately, he had to retire. That's why, you know, that was so important for them. And the lacking that could be an issue, but could they go with Nick Claxton for, for, for more minutes? He is not a big bruising guy, but he's big and he's long. He's lean, but he's long. I wonder if we'll see Nick Claxton get unleashed for more than like 18 minutes and he needs to stay out of foul trouble and he needs to stay on the floor and all that. But he on paper could be the X factor for the net side of things where if they do have to go with size, Claxton could play a very, very, very important role for Brooklyn in the series. Uh, like, uh, dude, Saturday's well, going to be a good time, man. It's going to be good. If they don't, they might just relent and be like, you know what the hell with the switching thing? We're going back to the drop coverage thing. And 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 look, protect the rim, Brooke. It, it, Blake, if you want to hit 53s, go. Go ahead. I'm not coming out there. Go ahead, Blake. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, any I, shot I, that Blake I don't, I don't Griffin think it's gonna be it's not gonna be Blake shooting those threes, though. It's gonna yeah, be but I'm saying that's a win. Who, no, 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 no. I'm saying whoever is the five. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's not whoever, gonna be shooting threes, though. It's, it's uh, Harden or Kyrie or Kevin Durant. And they'll just use him as drop, a screener constantly. Yeah. Yeah. To make you and enable you to not do that at I can't, all. I can't wait to see how Milwaukee defends to open this game up. Uh, uh, like that. I'm so, I am so looking forward to seeing what they do. Yeah. That was, that, that is, look, we're going to have some really good series. And I hope that we get at least, I hope, I, I kind of hope the Clippers Dallas thing goes to a game seven just so we get that. We're not getting it. We're not going to get it in the Denver Portland series anymore. And I guess, that's our only chance, right? We only got one chance at a game seven now in, in, in anything um, because everything else is pretty, uh, is, is, is all wrapped up. This has been very, very good so far. And the Phoenix Suns have eliminated the LA Lakers. Wow. Who would have ever guessed it? Wow. Honestly, this is crazy. It's Dude. crazy. Last year's champion, 
Yeah, last year's champion, they're gone. Bef- gone. Before we go, I just want to plug a couple of different things. Let me hear so We ha- have a Suns DeAndre Ayton analysis yep. that went out for the void this week. You can check that out on the Ringers YouTube page. Um, we didn't talk about the Celtics, you know, Danny Ainge retiring today and Brad Stevens. I figured the Ringer had yeah. a lot of content yeah. on well, it. We did have a lot of content, did a pod on Ryan Russillo's yep. uh, podcast feed with Jackie Mack and Bill Simmons and Ryan talking all about that. And um, yeah, check out the ringer for a whole bunch of other playoff content. We have a lot of good stuff up there from this past week, and I'm sure we'll have a heck of a lot uh, on Friday and over the coming days uh, as these games get going. It, it's been a, a fun first round. I can't wait for what we get going forward. And also, uh, in addition to that, the Celtics pod, I listened to the one that uh, you guys all did. Uh, the Boston crew did. And then yeah, to, juxt- to juxtapose that, there was a group chat that I listened to with Mahoney and Waz. Uh, and it was so great to hear Charks. Oh, yeah. So good to hear there. him, man. Jonathan Charks is on there, too. Yeah. But, hey, to you want to talk about the polar opposite of the uh, – you know, Rosillo, Danny Ainge, and all that stuff. Go check out Waz on that group chat that they posted today. Oh my God. <laughs> he's not as big a fan. He's not as big. And he is, he's legit hilarious. He is super entertaining. Sometime on the set in the second round, or maybe the, the, yeah, the we conference gotta finals, we, we got to get him on. And I want to talk Gobert because I take issue with the both of you no, about your, of your, your, your stances on Rudy Gobert. So, uh, <laughs> If I'm with Wise, I'm feeling good. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe I need someone on my team. We got like tag team, some I, wrestling, wrestling, just, wrestling style here. Uh, Cole Hollinger or find some other yeah, nerd. Yeah, actually, it's not a bad just, idea, actually. Just find, just find some nerd. That, that's there's not a bad There's, there's a million a nerds idea. that love Gobert. Me and John can He's team up. Though, though, if John brings up Gobert for MVP, I might have to say I'm not going that far. <laughs> for MVP. <laughs> but, but, but I'd be happy to have John on my team, though, to, to debate. Rudy Gobert and his greatness. His greatness. (laughs) I can't I can't wait till the next round. I'll tell you what, when I did do my MVP vote, I did not Mm -hmm. put Gobert in my top five. He was on my long lists. There was like 12, 15 guys this year. (laughs) When did did you have to well you turned that in a long time ago though, right? A long time ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had Jokic like everybody else, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He should be unanimous. I don't think he will be. I don't think he will be, but he should be. be. There'll be there'll be some guys out there that just want to not vote him. Right, yeah, but be a, a drum and look, vote, maybe. I'll say this: I, I know that you have expressed that you are higher on some of his supporting cast than I am, um, but he did nothing to hurt his case in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> right? Like, if anybody was out there being like, "Man, that dude's the MVP," like, did you just watch that? Like, he just—he's he, lost—he's lost his starting lineup like twice this season. He's playing. I went and looked up when when they played the Suns, and there's literally not one player from his starting lineup in January, and he's still murdering everybody. And he just he probably just blew up the friggin' Blazers. Seriously, and that that was the one thing like he probably I, I, blew it up. That was the one thing like I argued with Nick Wright about when he was arguing for Chris Paul, talking about changing the culture. The thing with Jokic is he is the culture. He's been the culture for oh, years. He, he he might not have brought the culture to to Phoenix like like Chris Paul did with Phoenix, but he's been the culture in defend in in Denver and has defined who they are. And 
I mean, you see that right now in the postseason yeah. with just his dominance with yeah, the way he Nick lifts Wright, his teammates. I, I hope Nick Wright uh, voted Tom Brady NFL MVP for changing the culture of the Bucks. <laughs> Did he? Did he vote Tom Brady? Oh, wait, no, he didn't. It's the same thing. They sucked for 100 years. Tom Brady went there, and they're good. Chris, thank so you for saying so, good things about so Thomas give, Brady. So let's give Tom Brady the MVP last year. It's did literally I, the same thing. Did I see a if stat we're gonna the do other day? The, if we're gonna if we're gonna now do culture changers for MVP, that's what we have to do. Did, did I see a stat changers. today that the Bucks are like the first team ever to bring back all twenty two starters? Yes, that's like, true. That have won a Super Bowl. That's wild. That's a crazy stat. It's, it's Tom Brady culture. <laughs> he called them all personally. That's, that's and incredible. Said, and you know what? He did. He called them all personally. He said, your ass ain't going nowhere. You take what they offer. I'm oh, kidding. So <laughs> it's, it's not even, not, not just to win the Super Bowl, the first team to play in the Super Bowl to bring all 22 starters yes. back. That's impossible. incredible. It's impossible. Can't wait to see. Uh, it's also uh, impossible. Wanna... There's some guy on a team that wants to go get paid somewhere, right? That's going to go to free agency and is going to get a bag. Because he he's got a Super Bowl championship ring, and so this is the cash in time. Mm-hmm. The fact that none of them <laughs> it's wild are doing that is is pretty wild. Yeah, situation I mean, there. I mean, why would you not want to win Super Bowls with Tom Brady? Like it's it's a le- it's legendary. It's legendary. That, that's why. Like, <laughs> I mean, like Lakers just got eliminated, but that's why Kuzma resigned with LeBron. One of the reasons was like he can win here and, and yeah. do something beyond what an individual does. That's right. Win championships and, 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 and it, also, it takes a whole team. It takes well, a whole the other team. thing is, if you play there, then nobody's going to give a shit that you scored two points when your whole season was on the line. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you can do that if you're Kyle Kuzma. It's harder if you're it, it, elsewhere. This, this series was a struggle for him offensively. Still did a lot else good on the. I floor, don't know what happened to him. I thought he was a pretty good scorer. He just doesn't score I mean, anymore. Inc- inconsistent, and yeah. I think I think inconsistent touches. You know, what's out of his control. Yeah. has hurt what was already an issue, and that's lack of consistency. It's going to be a fun weekend. It's been a fun playoff Man. so far. We got a lot of new blood, Kevo. A lot oh, of new boy. blood yeah, uh, we do, that Chris. is in there. Thank you to our executive producer, Sastra Ashal, as always. And we will talk to you next week. Everybody have a really fun weekend.